Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and on behalf of my co-host, Chrissy Dunham, and myself, let me just say thank you for joining us today. The Wonder Podcast is for you, whether you're a man, a woman, young, older, married, single. Our mission is to encourage you and get you focused back on the wonders of our great God. Psalm 136 says, to him who alone does great wonders. And to him alone do we dedicate this episode and every episode. So whether you're in the car or on your way to work, at home watching a little one, washing dishes or binge listening on a road trip, which we've heard many of you do, we say thank you. And we pray you enjoy this episode of the Wonder Podcast. Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. My name is Christy Dunham, and I am here with our co-host, Lisa Clark. And I am so excited about today's guest and today's show. It is one of my favorites. We have started a new series here called The Friend Zone. Lisa, why don't you tell us a little more about it? Well, the friend zone is an opportunity we have to bring on our friends and family and people that we want to hear from and, and talk about what God's doing in their life, kind of share their story. What is God doing? And it's something that we want to be able to do maybe once a month where we just give glory to God and share more about what he's doing in our life. And the scripture tells us that we need to be accountable for that and be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in us. That's something that we all want to do as believers in Jesus Christ. So the friend zone is a a series that we'll be doing once a month to just share the goodness of the Lord. So we're excited about that and just to hear a testimony today. I love it. And today's guest actually goes back in my story several, several years ago back when she was in seventh grade, I believe. And her name is Christine Tang. And she is interesting, intriguing, and well-spoken. And she always has been. And I love who she is, what the Lord is doing with her. I'm very excited to hear what's currently going on. Uh, But Christine has grown up before our eyes. Um, She has been in beauty pageants. She has studied to be a lawyer. She has a successful career right now. And she has done all the things, all the things. So, uh, but the one thing I've watched with Christine is that the Lord has always been in the center of her life. And I truly believe that she has walked in God's will for the majority of the time. Of course, none of us are perfect and none of us are always walking with the Lord the way uh, we want to. But as a young woman, she has developed that and I love that and I'm just crazy about her. So welcome to the Wonder Podcast, Christine. We're excited you're with us today. Thank you so much. I am so excited and honored to be here. And I just have to say, I have always admired and looked up to both of you so much growing up at Prestonwood. And like you said, Chrissy, I was just so blessed to have you mentor me. I can't believe it back in seventh grade. That feels so long ago. I'm just so thankful for the amazing examples that you are for the life-giving ministries that you lead. And so I'm personally very grateful. So thank you so much for having me today. We're thrilled that you're 
here with us and we can uh, record this episode with you, Christine. And let's just go ahead, just kind of give us a, a brief history of who you are, your family, how you grew up, kind of give us, lay the groundwork for your life for us for over the next few minutes. Sure. Well, just kind of an overview, like Chrissy said, I grew up at Prestonwood. Pastor Graham actually dedicated me as a baby. Um, I was baptized there along with my sister, graduated from Prestonwood Christian Academy, and was blessed to grow up in a family who loved the Lord, parents who loved each other. They've just celebrated their 35th wedding anniversary. And so I've always been so fortunate to grow up in a home that just seeks the Lord with with everything that they have. And so I've always intentionally tried to choose God and pursued Him and tried to make God-honoring decisions. And after college, I went to Baylor. I went to Baylor and then when I came back to Dallas, got involved in Prestonwood again and served as a teacher and director for a Bible fellowship cl- class. But it wasn't until God really sent me through some really hard seasons that I describe as both the worst years and the best years of my life. Because even though I've always known the Lord growing up, I never knew that you could know and love God like this. And so it really just happened when God spent some years kind of dismantling the identity that I built up and kind of the image of, of myself, who I thought I was. And just like growing up, piano and ballet were my entire life. And both of them are two activities that are very known for their mastery of attention and achieving near perfection. There's a lot of pressure and competition and scrutiny, and um, there's no team to fall back on. It's only you on stage. And so I really started building up my identity as a performer, a perfectionist, an achiever, and um, and then competing in Miss Texas for four years. That really reinforced those belief systems. And then when I placed first runner up two times, I always really kind of viewed that as like a two-time failure. And then when I went on to law school and then taking the bar for four times, the whole time I just was really significantly struggling under the weight of a burden we were never meant to carry, which is a pressure to be perfect. And so one day a few years ago, I realized, oh my goodness, if I feel like I have to be perfect all the time in order to be worthy, to be seen, to be heard, valued, and loved, then I've never really fully understood the gospel. And I realized that every time I was choosing perfection over grace, I was choosing myself over God. And so that was really eye-opening for me a few years ago that led to just a continued season through the wilderness where God continued to dismantle that identity that I had built up and really show me that His grace is sufficient and His power is made perfect in our weakness. And it's only until we fall on our knees, surrender our sinful heart, do we truly have access to His strength. And we are flawed, but we are valued and we're so profoundly cherished because of His grace. I love that. So well said. So when you walked through, I'll call them valleys. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you didn't win Miss Texas, when you didn't pass the bar and, you know, a lot of disappointments occurred, what were you and God talking about during those days? Yeah. So during that time, it was kind of a three-year journey through the wilderness, just full of delays, detours, disappointments. 
Um, and during that time, it was like my dreams and my plans were just crumbling into tiny jagged pieces all over the floor. But it was during that time where I really learned how to truly hear God's voice. And I heard him more clearly and frequently than ever before. And I feel like in the past, I felt like I could only really hear the Lord if it was through someone else, whether it was through a pastor's sermon or a Bible study or something like that. But it was during that time when I was able to truly discern his voice. And it was during that time where he taught me how to pick up my sword again and run towards the battle, not away from it. And he completely changed my heart, which also changed my prayers. And it ended up being a lot less of what I was asking of God and more of what he was asking of me. And so some pivotal scripture that I remember reading during that season was in Exodus and in chapter 13, when God just rescued the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. And in chapter 13, it said that he specifically chose not to lead his people through the way of the Philistines, even though that was the shorter and more direct route, but instead through out through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And then in the next chapter, in chapter 14, he said, I will gain glory over the Egyptians and the whole world will know that I am God. And so what he taught me through that is, Okay, if I pass the bar the first time, if I if my professional career got on track right after law school, if I did win everything that I sought out to achieve, like those would have been the shorter, easier routes, but it was only through that season of vulnerability and uncertainty so that whenever the time did come for to slice open the Red Sea, he would be the one glorified, not me. And so he he completely changed my heart to seek less of what he could do for me and just more of who he is. And so I think that that was really the significant change because all leading up to that point, I mostly loved God because of what he did and not of who he was. And so I'm just so grateful looking back how what I viewed back then as a story of failure was really a story of freedom. It's incredible. And just your perspective on this, and I've thought of two things. So I've got two questions for you. One is, why doesn't God leave us as we are? Because when you're looking at your life, Christine, you're like, you love God, right? Mm -hmm. Why doesn't God, why didn't he just leave you like that where you loved him? You know, you had, you, you were saved, you were baptized, you went to church. Is that, was that not enough? What do you think about that? I think that I, previous to that, I, I was someone who, you know, did all the right things. I was at church. I was leading a class. I was seeking him, but it wasn't, um, I guess, fully a part of me where I surrendered every single crevice and every single part of my heart truly to him. And so it was also kind of during that time where I realized, okay, the worst that could happen is not awful news or a delayed dream or the death of a dream. But the worst that could happen is that I would shift from being a woman of faith to a woman of fear. And I realized that behind every earthly battle is a spiritual war for our allegiance. And so I think leading up to that, my relationship with the Lord was more trusting Him and what He could do for me, but not truly loving Him and worshiping Him for who He was. And if he doesn't, if he didn't choose to rescue me from the wilderness, or if he didn't choose to give me what I was praying for, like that was still enough because it wasn't about what I wanted or what I needed, but just who he was. 
Yeah. I think that's so such an important message because we seem to think that sometimes our the Christian part of our life or the spiritual part of our life is something, but it's not everything. And what you're saying was it's everything because he emptied you of any selfish ambition or anything that would look a certain way. And he gave you a new heart and a new mind toward the things of God, but also toward the things of this world Mm -hmm. that those that they, that your abilities don't define you, that your looks don't define you, that the job you have doesn't define you. This is all, these are all heart issues and God chiseled away at those things that were keeping your heart from completely his. I think it's such an important message because we sometimes get so content in what in our abilities and in our looks and in our power and all of these things that the world seems to think are so important. And we Mm -hmm. forget that God has so much more for us if we'll allow him. And sometimes we're not willing to give those things up Mm -hmm. and to go through that wilderness because we don't want to get hurt or, you know, all of the things. I mean, you you mentioned the Israelites going through um, the Red Sea. Well, they got halfway through. God was delivering them on dry land and they wanted to go back, right? Mm-hmm. And so we are so short-sighted. I think the other point I want to make there as you were telling your story is I had had to think several times, who was walking with you through all of this? Who was your trusted advisor? Who was your go-to person just to help you get a perspective on what you're and give you hope and encouragement besides the Lord? <laughs> yes. This, yeah. Besides the Lord. So I'm so grateful to have such a God-fearing mother. And so she was hugely instrumental in this season, just not ever giving up praying for me and walking through me in this. And also just so fortunate to have just the best of friends, like not just friends who are fun to hang out with and to pass the time and to take cute pictures and posts, but but warrior friends who are with you in the fire, like Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like ones who are um, going to stand with you when the enemy is flinging those arrows at you. And um, I just think it's so important to have that strong community around you to hold you accountable, to lift you up, to speak truth and life in you. Because especially in these days with social media, I think it's so easy to to find our value and our comfort and our entertainment from just mindless scrolling. And that has so much more impact on us than we really realize. And so being able to prioritize those relationships, those life-giving relationships is, is something that really I think is so important. Totally agree with you. And Christine, the older you get, when you get old, like Lisa is, (laughs) what you just said becomes becomes your reality that at the end of the day, it's those friends. And we've talked about this before. It's not 20. Mm -hmm. It's about four or five, maybe, that are your trusted confidants. The people that you think of when you need prayer, the people that come to mind when you're really starting to struggle, it's those people that you surround yourself with during those times. And when you think about the Israelites, here's what I love about your story is the Israelites didn't get into the promised land because of two things. It was their disobedience and their unbelief. And you took a hold of that. And the Lord used that story to change who you are. 
that you started to believe him for who he is and what his attributes are instead of what he can give you. You started to believe who he really is. And because of your belief change, then you became obedient. When we realize who God really is and we love him just for him, not for what he can give us, not for what we're asking for, but just to love him because of who he is, doesn't our mind shift and doesn't our life start to look different when we do those two things? Completely, completely. I I love that you said that because it's really not about ourselves. And the story, what I love too about that story is it wasn't really about the Israelites being saved. It was about God being glorified. And I think it's such a huge game changer when we realize that our purpose is to multiply the image of God. And so in Genesis 1, 27, when it says that God made man in his image, and then in verse 28, he said, be fruitful and multiply. It actually, I learned, doesn't just mean go out and have lots of kids, but he's commanding us to multiply his image in everything that we do, everywhere we go, to everyone we meet so that his image and glory would fill the earth, which is such a striking contrast to the story of the Tower of Babel when the people wanted to make a name for themselves so they don't scatter. And so I think it's just so important that every that we remember every blessing, every trial, we're responsible for stewarding those to all bring glory to the Lord. Otherwise, we're just going to be replicating images of ourselves rather than His image. And while none of us want to go through those trials, Christine, we all look back on every time we've been through a trial, every time we walk through the wilderness, we see God's hand, number one, and we see the change that took place in our own heart and life for the better because He tells us that everything, everything works out for the good, for His good, and for our good and for his glory. So that's that's the testimony that you're sharing today. So let's fast forward. Now, tell us what God's doing now in your life. What's he been up to? Yes. So, um, well, a couple years ago, I was actually on a cruise with my family and we were traveling from Nova Scotia, I think, to Bermuda. And I was just taking some time out on the deck, looking at the waves. And one of the things that I just love is watching the sunlight just flash on the waves and just bounce back. And I just get so mesmerized by that. And so I was out with a book and um, a smoothie and just having some time with the Lord. And he gave me these four words, let there be light. And I just love that those four words proclaimed his authority, his love, his goodness. And so those that phrase just really stuck in my head through the rest of the trip. And so when I got back home, I started praying Genesis 1-3 in my life, just asking the Lord to fill up empty voids, asking him to circle me with his peace, to illuminate any hidden sin that I needed to dig up and surrender. And so that was the most dangerous prayer that I prayed because because he ended up answering in ways I didn't expect. And so I started a blog this past year, a few months ago, called Let There Be Light, which is just an unfolding of all of his answers through the years, through my time in the wilderness and everything that he's done after. And so I think that just with all the noise and all the voices there is out there, we need more voices testifying to what the Lord does, even when things aren't picture perfect, even when they aren't pretty. And so that's something, that's a project I've been working on and actually for for several years, but just now launched that a whole other story as well on my fear of actually 
taking that step of obedience. But that is something that I've been currently working on that I'm really excited for. Tell our listeners your handle or whatever you call it. Uh, how, how, <laughs> how she doesn't have a CB. It's not a CB. <laughs> breaker, breaker, Christine. What's your handle? Uh, so tell them uh, how to follow you on all social media and how they can find your blog. Sure. So my social media is Christine D. Tang and my blog is letthereBeLightBlog.com. So the link to that is also in my bio so people can, can visit, can sign up for the newsletter. I post something new about every other week. So that's how they can follow along the journey. Well, I love how the Lord gave you Let There Be Light because when I think of Christine Tang, I think of light and I, I see a smile and I love your words. I do follow you. And I also noticed the other day that you're starting to write for a magazine. So tell us about that. Yes, that as well. It's called Virtuous Magazine. And um, it was founded by one of my Miss Texas friends. And so she and I reconnected and she started this magazine to really tell a different story. And so rather than seeking to tell women who they should be, what they should look like, what trends they should follow, what life stage they should be in, even though all of those things are, are fun and great. Her magazine seeks to celebrate women for who they already are and, and to rise up women of virtue and women who are confident in their God-given callings, who are bold in their passions. And so I'm really excited and, um, and grateful to partner with her. So, so that handle is Virtuous Mag, the Virtuous Mag, I believe. So people can follow along that journey as well. well I agree, Lisa. It is called a handle. Okay. Christine yeah. Used that. <laughs> she was doing that to appease you and make you seem cool. She no. was, she's never said that in her life. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Christine, Chrissy was right. When, when we think of you, we think of light. We think of grace. We think of, I mean, virtue. I mean, there's so many words we could use to describe you. You are delightful. And I'm so thrilled that you came on and shared with us a little bit of your story. And I think it's going to definitely encourage so many people as they, as they listen and just hear uh, what you've walked through and how God has refined you into who you are today. And it's a beautiful, beautiful picture of his likeness as his ambassador. And so we're thrilled that you joined us today. God bless you. Thank you so much. 